everybody, welcome again to another edition of Quarantine, Quarantine Happy Hour. I mean, we might as well just change the name to the show at that point. I mean, once again, once again, the marvelous, magnificent Hambone is calling in via satellite. We have satellites on our roof. Literally, I brought back DirecTV, put it on my roof. So could pierce, We're going old school. pierce right into that's a lie. I would never put AT&T in my house. We have uh, <laughs> we have FiOS. Everything's done through FiOS and Hambone live via satellite right into everybody's earballs. From Space in your earballs. From the lovely land of Carney, so close to Bloomfield, yet so far away. Oh, everything is so close yet so far. So days, close. Georgie. I mean, literally, you're two miles away. It's really depressing. I know. Uh, um, Hambone. What, you know, I don't want to say what do we have in store for the kids' sakes. I feel like that's, like, so I've gone through your Instagram, and it's just me saying that over and over again, and it's really weird. Like, I'm like, there's no, no okay, a vintage RPG will occasionally split things up. But I'm like, if you, if you scroll yeah. your feed, it's just, hey, Hambo, what do we have in store for the kids' sake? Hey, Hambo, what do you have in store for the kids' Hey, Hambo, what amazing things do you have for everybody to listen to this week? Well, I wouldn't call it amazing, but I saw the new movie Bloodshot with Vin Diesel out now on demand. Picard. Picard. Mm, chef's kiss Picard. I am so happy to see Patrick Stewart back on our TVs, and I can't wait to give you a recap of the season of Picard that we just watched. We've got some legacy acts making music. Pearl Jam and Nine Inch Nails were kind enough to drop some albums during the quarantine, and I've definitely got some thoughts on that. And finally, WrestleMania is happening. We've got some thoughts and some predictions. We're going to talk about it a little bit. I was right. God damn it. I was right. WrestleMania George, is happening. WrestleMania is let happening. Let me say it. Go ahead. I was, I, was, I was ready to make the full Mia Koopa. My friend, I was wrong. So I honestly did not think it would happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm now going to say, if I feel like talking about things, I don't care what order they end, I'm going to say it because I've always realized that when you say, let's wait till that segment, I never come back to what I had in my head. Yeah, going hot, baby. Let's do it. Uh, I really did not think WrestleMania was going to... I thought they were going to push it. Like, I really thought, like, I was joking around constantly saying, oh, WrestleMania hasn't been getting canceled again. I mean, I figured out, as we talked about, was because of insurance and all that stuff. They were waiting for the yeah. state to shut down so that they didn't have to eat all that uh, cost of it. But in truth, I really thought they were going to move it. Like, I didn't think there was any way. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, they can't move WrestleMania because plot lines are in place. You can't, when you have a pay-per-view every single month, and you don't know when the hell to move it to. When do you move it to? Like SummerSlam? You know, what do you do with SummerSlam then? Like, it's really, really strange. You do a Winter Slam. That's what I would have done, Hambone. It's going to be Winter Slam. Hot take. Winter Slam makes SummerSlam WrestleMania. But um, no, they decided to go through. We'll talk about that later. It's just mind-boggling. Um, I have a lot of things we're going to talk about tonight. I think yeah, those are definitely. just minor things that we're going to touch on. But I think the first thing we should do is, look, people are drinking right now. Like, this is the best time. If you want to drink, now's the time to do it. I mean, you need to drink. Oh, Josh Goldfarb's dropping me texts, and I don't know why he's dropping me texts. While I deal with that, you tell us what cocktail you've made for us. So I've been thinking a lot about cocktails lately, especially because now, you know, liquor stores are still open in the, gra- the great state of New Jersey. Liquor stores are still open because they have been deemed, wait for it, an essential business. So like essential like healthcare workers or essential like supermarket workers, uh, people who work in liquor stores are also deemed essential. So people are still going in and buying liquor. Now, here's the thing, folks. We are encouraging people encouraging everyone to help us flatten the curve. And by doing so, we're encouraging you to buy more alcohol so you can leave those poor people who are essentially working in a liquor store alone. So with that, I'm going to teach you how to make a fun cocktail that is going to help you whittle down the supply of your Tennessee whiskey, Jack Daniels. This is going to be electric lemonade. I want to do something sciencey because we're going to talk about bloodshot. Uh, and I feel like this is going to be more entertaining than actually having watched Bloodshot. So what this is, <laughs> is you are going to go and you are going to take some things that you have lying around the house. Now, remember, when you buy that bottle of Blue Carousel, that thing is going to last you for a while unless you're making nonstop Blue Hawaiians. Which so right now, which a- right now you might be. 
hey man, anything goes. But that's the thing. We, you know, in the supermarket, people are taking all the canned goods. You might not be able to find the Coco Lopez. You might not be able to find the coconut cream. So this is going to help you out. Everyone's got Jock Daniels in their bar. I know that seems a little bit presumptuous, but it's a staple. Deal with it. So you're going to take an ounce of Jack Daniels. You're going to take a half ounce of blue carousel, and you're going to take some lemonade mix. Now, any kind of lemonade mix will do. You know how in the summertime, like, oh, man, lemonade would be so good. And you buy like a bunch of lemonade and you make like a pitcher, if that, and then it just gets kind of crusty and just sits in your cabinet. Well, now's the time to pull it out. And you're going to take a couple tablespoons of that, mix it in the mix, shake it all up in a shaker, put it in the same ice uh, in the glass that you're going to have in the shaker. And you're going to have what we call electric lemonade. Electric lemonade. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'll take anything right now. Um, my biggest challenge, and everybody's like, everybody at work keeps pinging me, and they're like, you know, oh, are you drinking Mai Tais every day, George? Are you just Mai Taiing it all day and night? And I'm just like, I don't have enough. I don't have enough almond or jeet to, like, get me through anything. That shit lasts, yeah. like, two weeks when you open it, and I'm stuck. Like, just get anything. Fresh limes right now is not very easy. So, no, I'm just, like, Stella Artois cider. That's about all I'm doing right now. Uh, by the way, jo uh, Josh wrote to us just now to tell us uh, how much he loved the new Jack episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Anybody, no, I can't wait to watch it. Anybody who's not watching Dark Side of the Ring, please do so. They have stepped up the production value and the quality of editing. Everything has been stellar this season. Uh, the stories are great. I really think they're just going to drop, blow their whole load this season because I don't know what there is after what they're hitting on. I think they're just like, let's just get it done. Um, yeah, and, I, and it's so good. It's funny too because you always are going to hear people who like, you know, asking like, well, but you know, you don't saying out loud like they don't know who certain characters are and certain people are. But for the most part, like you know, some of the stories that they're telling the dark side of the ring, you have to be a Mark's Mark to understand like who they're talking about and why the story is important. Uh, I love a show that's a hit because you know the second season is always leaps and bounds better than the first because now they got money yeah and so well done uh our friend chris gathard is doing the post show which look i feel for him i haven't i i dropped him a line when the first episode dropped to tell him how good it was uh but look i feel for him he's got a he's interviewing his heroes legends oh, yeah. and he has to do it all over phone and you know he would have been in a studio with them had the show been you know not during the coronavirus uh, I just feel for him. You know he would have been in a studio with his heroes for that. Well, here, I'm going to take a little tangent myself here because, you know, shout out to Chris Gethard. His after show is awesome. This is like one of the only shows that I've seen in recent years that actually needed an after show yep. where the after show actually brings any kind of value to the narrative that you just watched and any kind of like real information. Like it always boggled my mind how people would like watch The Walking Dead and then watch The Talking Dead. It's like not enough happens in any episode with the exception of like the big, like, you know, mid season, the premiere and the finale for anything to actually like warrant them talking for another half hour after just watching a 45 minute episode. But, you know, good on Gethard for getting a show together with some amazing wrestlers and some real legends where he actually brings more value to what you just watched. So why, why I enjoy it is I, I like it because he, he embellishes what's happening today. Like it's not just talking more about the past that they missed on during the show. That's what the show's for. This is more like, where are we today? Where have we gone? What have we learned since then? So it does add a, something new, not just, Hey, we're just going to sit around and talk about the show. We all just watched. That's why yeah. I like how they've done it with his. Cause yeah, I was like, why does this need a post show and after show? It completely works. They also get new voices that aren't on the documentary um, for the new Jack, which one, is awesome for the new Jack one. They have Tommy dreamer. Who's not on it. They have Sandman who is on it, but just, I, I'll take as much Sandman as I can get. And yeah, yeah. they have Mustafa Saeed, one half of the gangsters who is not in the documentary. I guess they just couldn't find him for the taping for the, you know, the making of it. But so well done. Uh, definitely recommend that. We're going to do a full review. I want to do a review after the season's over because oh, 100%. we could yeah. literally talk about that show after every episode, during every episode. I think that's kind of weird. <coughs> Sorry. Coughing. It's wet. It's wet. I do have post-nasal drip. And it is allergy season too, Hamble. That's the worst part about this. Like, tell yeah, me, just throw another stick on the fucking fire. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> every time, like, Allison had a, like, an hour of coughing on Monday and she's like, holy shit, I got it from going to the supermarket. And I'm just like, what do you have? She's like, I have a dry, horrible cough. I'm like, like, it's also April. It's also allergy season. She's like, I'm like, if it continues after this, we worry. She's like, no, it stopped after an hour. I'm like, 
we're yeah. not we're not all dying, but yeah, what a shitter to have to have this during allergy season. Um, well, it's it's wild because like whenever I leave the house, and I only leave the house to go foraging for supplies because the building I live in, I shop for three families. Uh, so I have like a rebreather mask that I got off of Amazon. I have gloves. I'm covered pretty much from head to toe. And if you've seen my Instagram today, I put out a thank you post for everyone who wished me a happy birthday yesterday. And in that post, you actually get to see my mask, which kind of makes me look like a GI Joe at age 41. So. You know, I have like a little a little hip bag that I wear around my chest, so I have easy access for my gloves and my hand sanitizer. So it's kind of like it's a it's a bittersweet thing because it's like yes, I'm able to go out into public dressed like this, but also there's a pandemic going on. So you know, it's bittersweet. So you do when you go foraging, you do you do kind of like sexy reaver fallout guy. I oh, yeah, do absolutely. I do like weird western cowboy meets like motorcyclists, like maybe more Mad Max. So I do the bandana because that's all I have access to. So I have my bandana, which I tuck in. So I wear it like you would wear a bandana around your neck until I go into a place that I deem too many people around me. Like if I got to get within six feet of someone, the bandana's up. And um, so I have the bandana around the neck. And then I have the best I could do for gloves because I need gloves that I can actually use to maneuver with. I always had surgical gloves for when I worked on my motorcycle. Ran out of it. Never thought to buy more because I stopped working my motorcycle a while ago. Um, regret that. So what I'm using so I can still use my fingers is I'm using my <laughs> – oh, God. I'm using my racing gloves, which I don't know no, why I have racing gloves, but they're like – on the back side, they're like knitted. On the front side, they're leather, and they're like really like useless for heat and cold. But they're great for if you don't want to actually touch anything. And then I just spray them with Lysol when I come to the house. Uh, yeah. so that's the best bet yeah. I got. That's the bet. That's the only move I have right now. Ambon. So, uh, afterwards, uh, hit me up. I, I definitely have a, uh, a box of latex gloves I can give you for your, your foraging these, kit. Uh, these work for the, for the one day, one, maybe two days a week I go foraging. This works. Okay. Um, I appreciate well, the look, gloves cause the gloves you really need to like keep switching. And I'm just like, I'd rather just lice all my gloves. Oh, I switch them like a mad person. I mean, I am out there. I'm doing like legit reaver foraging. Did I trade an empty gas can for some eggs? You bet I did. And I needed to get that gas can <laughs> filled. Have I bought cleaning supplies on the black market? Allegedly. Maybe. I did. <laughs> uh, but, that, you know, tr- and, that guy with the trunk on uh, Bloomfield Avenue Newark? No, 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 a different guy. Everyone's got a guy. But, uh, you know, you, you make your way around. You do your best. You know, am I, like, you know, secretly dropping loads of food off for people here and there as needed? You know, it's it's been done. You know, I'm, I'm out there. This is my fallout right now because I'm just like, all right, I'm checking it off. Black market cleaning supplies. Check. You know, foraging different stores and locations to find certain items. Check. Trading items for other items. Check. I mean, I may not have played Fallout, but I get the gist, and I feel like I'm in it right now. And boy, howdy, would I have preferred to have one of those suits that those dudes wear in Fallout. So the big gimmick in Fallout was, in Fallout 76 in particular, was Reclamation Day, which I feel is the term we need to hashtag and make a thing for when the day finally comes when we can leave the house. Like, leave the house and not feel like we're going to die. Like, like yeah. right now, I leave the house every morning and return at night to drop Gabe off. But I am only with the only other two people that I know have also been quarantined for, what, 20 days now, 18 days now, my parents. So yeah. I do the drop-off. I do the pickup. I will occasionally have to go to a supermarket. I had to do a Home Depot run because I had ants and I needed to take care of that. There was no way around it. We would have been engulfed in ants in our house, so I had to go get liquid traps. Luckily, there's actually more employees than customers at Home Depot right now. Uh, yeah. So that actually worked out nicely. I never actually had to go near anybody, self-checkout, all good. Um, but that that's about as much as I do. The thing is, Reclamation Day is the day of freedom. When people come out from the fallout of fallout, and I want that to be a thing. Like When, when it's finally – we get the all clear – I want to fucking throw a party like we have never imagined. I want to hug people so hard, and I want to oh proclaim. God, I and so I want to proclaim today, oh, this day, whatever it is, May. It'd be funny if it was May nineteenth. I want this to be Reclamation Day, and I need it to trend, and we need to make it a thing. Everyone out there, if you hear it, we need to make Reclamation Day happen. Uh, let's do it. I, I think that's. I think if we have one job outside of entertaining the people who are listening to this podcast, all those fine folks listening to the show, if we have one job outside of that, okay, so if we have two, a job outside of 
entertain the people and not getting the coronavirus. Our job is to get Reclamation Day off the ground. We need to get it. Reclamation Day. We're not actually going to touch any of the topics we said we're going to touch. The next thing I want to talk about. It's fine. Is um, I want to talk about. no, I mean, let's just do it. Let's just, I want to hear your thoughts on Bloodshot because I tried very hard to watch it and uh, my Plex went down right when I was about to fire it up. And then I forgot my Plex was down until just now and it's up now and I never got a chance to watch it. It's a Vin Diesel vehicle. He's done a lot of these type of movies. Yeah. So the thing with Vin Diesel is, so for those listening at home, uh, Bloodshot is a valiant comic from the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, you know, when DC and the Marvel, you know, wonderful House of Mouse, that free House of Mouse, uh, it was like, you know, an edgier comic. Like, you know, Valiant was making edgy comics during the time, you know, when you had Image doing like Wildcats and dumb shit like that. So this is, I'm not going to say it was a beloved character because it's a character it's that I would not, it's still not. I would see for, I would see on the shelves for like, you know, a little while here and there. And then it would disappear. And I, I have honestly not given Bloodshot uh, any thoughts since, I don't know, 2002. So, you know, the thing, the thing with Vin Diesel is, and before I even get to the plot of what Bloodshot is, something you need to understand about Vin Diesel is, God bless him, dude makes those Fast and the Furious movies. He makes a lot of money doing those Fast and the Furious movies. People love that Vin Diesel. And what does Vin Diesel like to do? When he has time, he will go and he will make a movie about something that he grew up liking as a kid that nobody else liked, such as Bloodshot. So you do, have, do you know what uh, was lamer than Bloodshot? Uh the last witch finder. Uh, no, no, no. What? Turok. Basically, anything Valiant Comics had to offer Magnus. I mean, come on. We are so. This is the nerd level we've hit right now. Bloodshot was. I, I mean, Valiant Comics was not exactly the cool comics to read. Image no. was the cool comics to read at the time. Exactly. And Valiant was like an image knockoff. And to be honest with you, I think if Vin Diesel was a younger man, he probably would have made Turok before he made uh, Bloodshot. But I digress. So if you imagine a soldier who is such a badass that gets taken out and then kind of reborn using nanites and little robots to become an unstoppable killing machine set to avenge his lost love. That's essentially the plot of Bloodshot, which is, you know, you could insert any other character in this movie and it's the same fucking movie. Uh, I like Vin Diesel's movies. I I enjoy that. There's always that. I do. I like the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, that no. Then say you like the Fast and Furious movies. Don't say you like Vin Diesel movies. Well, in fairness, all he really does is the Fast and Furious movies, and then he's odd jobs here and there. Fine. So you know, I sixty, I like seventy thirty like Vin Diesel movies, and the seventy percent is all Fast and Furious movies. So this movie, it's one of those movies where like you know exactly what's going on the entire time. Like you could see the plot line go from A to B. From the minute you turn on the movie and you know exactly where it's going to end up, there's no twist in this movie. There's no turns. It is a completely like on rails, straight line. We're going to hit this plot point. We're going to hit this plot point. We're going to hit this plot point. If you have watched movies for at least 10 years of your life, you could have written this movie and done a serviceable job. It's not very good. It's so boring. Like I'm I'm watching this movie and I'm like, I'm going to get through this because we have to talk about this. We have a show to do, but I'm not really finding myself enjoying it. And I'm really glad that I didn't risk going to the theater and getting coronavirus to see this film. I I don't pull the Hambone watches everything card too often, but on this one, I was like, Hambone, you got to take a bullet for us. I know you're stuck in a house with a child and another, you know, a, a whole family that doesn't really belong to you, but you kind of have been adopted now. But I'm like, you need to watch Bloodshot. You need to do this for me and so well, my exact we words to you was hey man i would love i was like i wanted to see it because i'm like yeah, it was vin diesel making a movie about like the things that he likes how could it be bad it was terrible it wasn't a very good movie at all and i think to myself every time i say this about vin diesel i watch the movie that he makes that's not the fast and the furious and i'm like yeah do you watch the riddick what? movies he was the rick movies are good really? it's black and the chronicles riddick oh yeah i, I mean here's the thing uh the first triple x movie goofy action movie good movie the riddick movies are some of the best work that he's ever done if you uh the chronicles of riddick was good uh, i'm sorry uh pitch black was good the chronicles of riddick is exceptional to the point where like i'm still mad that they didn't make a sequel that they were supposed to make after it which is something he's been trying to get off the ground 
for years. And no matter how much money he makes on those Fast and the Furious movies, they will not make that last part of the, the Riddick saga, which is bullshit because it is some good sci-fi. Preach yeah, on like Hambo. movies. Preach I do on. like Vin Diesel movies. Yeah. I hate Adam him. I don't 73 like him. I like him. So, uh, it's just not Bloodshot. Venom or Bloodshot? Wow. Venom is so wow. good. Venom is so it's, good. It's terrible. They're both terrible. Venom is both so losers. good. They are both crap movies. Is New Mutants ever coming out? Never. Uh, it's never coming out. The segue I was trying to do before, but I forgot the name of the game, was I just beat Outer Worlds. We were talking about Fallout. Oh, nice. I did a review, an early review of Outer Worlds. Um, I beat it, and Outer Worlds is truly one of the best Fallout games I've ever played, not made as a Fallout game. It is, uh, people have compared it to, and I've never seen it, but Firefly. Have you ever seen Firefly? I know what that is. Oh, I love Firefly, yeah. It, it's it's basically a space RPG. So I guess the closest comparison would be Mass Effect, but I also did not play Mass Effect. Uh, but it is straight up Fallout, you know, the, the RPG where you like, cho- you know, choose your own adventure type situation where you could be evil or good. Um, also, you choose what, you know, what points you want to bump up. I wanted to be obviously a smooth talker with a lot of charisma who can really, who's really, really good at long guns and hacking and lock picking. But um, that the game. These you, are a few if, of my favorite things. If you love Fallout, if you love Fallout 3 and you love Fallout New Vegas, this game gets you as close to as possible. They still have, even though it takes place in the future and it's a real future, not a like a post-apocalyptic future that ended right. in like 1954, they still keep that little bit of like mid-century cuteness with everything. Um, there was no radio. I kind of wish there was a radio. Like I love the fact that you're, you can listen to old-timey music. Um, but the story is great from beginning to end and I loved it. And if you have a chance, you can get it for like 30 bucks now. If you wait a little bit, um, outer worlds, there haven't been any DLCs yet from what I hear DLCs in general are going to be tough to come by because nobody's working on stuff right now. Um, but I have a feeling this like coronavirus thing is going to be kind of like the writer's strike was to television years well, back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody is pushing their shows back. And even shows that are happening right now, they like a lot of shows on the CW, they haven't been able to finish the finale. Like Supernatural, you hear me talk about it all the time. Who knows if they're actually going to be able to film the finale? That's crazy. Of their 15-year run. That's so crazy. I'm so used to modern television where, you know, when it's 13 episodes, those episodes are in, a can, in the can before they come out. I don't understand how people are still taping that's ballsy, especially post-strike, because that's what screwed Lost. That's what screwed Battlestar Galactica. We've talked about that before. I'm shocked that people still do that, start rolling on a season before it's in the can. Yeah, especially a season as important as the final season of a show that like they're really just doing for the fans. Yeah. Like, whew. All right, what so, a bag so of talk, talk about fan service. I'm hopping around. Picard. Let's do it. Picard. Oh. I didn't. So oh. I watched the first episode. Allison hated it. And we just never went back to it. I, I kind of want to, but you're like, I think we talked about it when we did the preview. The acting, other than other than Jean-Luc Picard, the acting was so bad in the first episode that I was really turned off. Does it improve? You know does the story improve? How did we go here? So the story is, uh, for those listening who may not have heard the past episode, Jean-Luc Picard has been out of Starfleet for a good number of years after a great cosmic tragedy. For those uh, really that, out of the loop, this is a Star Wars product that takes place after post next generation. If if I if it if I was in quarantine two miles from you, I'd roll up a newspaper and bat you on the nose. It's a Star Trek property, son. Did I say Star Wars? You said Star Wars. Oh, I'm sorry. I said that's it. I've just lost my place as the co-host on the show. This is all yours now, Hambone. Bye. Yeah, I am the captain of this ship engage and that's what john luke picard says and that's why everyone loves him so uh patrick plays john luke picard he is an admiral in starfleet one of the most beloved and well-decorated admirals uh in starfleet history even more so than kirk i would dare say don't at me however uh after a great cosmic tragedy he uh retired from starfleet and now he has been brought back into the fray because something happened to do with that cosmic tragedy a great mystery is starting to unfold and he is the only man who can help figure it out so he puts together a ragtag group of his old friends and some misfits that he finds along the ways and tries to save the galaxy from uh, another great chaos and this story is amazing because what it is is the story of a man who 
is a legend for all intents and purposes throughout the galaxy. And he kind of lost his own way and he kind of lost touch with the people that he loved and he cared about. And it's about him kind of redeeming himself for kind of giving up on his life and the life that he was leading with other people and kind of bringing all of his old friends back together to, uh, to help save the universe. And it's really, really nice. And what's cool about it is it does do a lot of fan service because there is, I'm sorry, there are a lot of characters from various different Star Trek properties that pop up in the show. And, you know, I will tell you, uh, you know, Jerry Ryan from deep space nine pops up, uh, seven of nine and, like how she factors into the story and the overall story. It's, everything's kind of amazing with it. Yes, some of the acting isn't great because when you are acting against Jean-Luc Picard, uh, acting against Patrick Stewart himself, you don't bring that knife to a gunfight. You're in it. And he elevates everybody in the cast around him. He tells a really good and heartfelt story. And for people who are just watching it as a show, it's an exceptional show. It's a great television. It's nine episodes, I think, sorry, 10 episodes long. Uh, absolutely worth watching. If you are a Star Trek fan, you will be popping left and right because the way that they nuzzle the fan service into these episodes is second to none. So I will tell you the one complaint that I hear from everybody about this show, and it's something that I kind of agree with. Now, you know we do cuss a lot on this show. Uh, I am very fond of the F word, and I use it pretty fucking often. See what I just did there? I fixed it into the sentence. However, in Star Trek, the F word is kind of like something you'd never think you'd hear uh, out of a, a star captain's, a Starfleet captain's mouth or anyone on a show. And they drop F bombs left and right because, you know, they're trying to make it edgier because it's on the CBS streaming app. So, you know, you actually get to hear John Luke Picard say that he's pissed off and you're like, he said a bad word. It just doesn't feel right. Cursing does not feel right coming out of the mouths of people in star trek like it wouldn't feel right coming out like you know they say shit and you know stuff like that in star wars now and it's kind of like ah you're dipping your toe in a pond that maybe you don't want to put your foot in but star trek just jumped it and they went right to the f word so you were very upset by this you were very upset by this you seem very upset by this because it's it's so out of place (laughs) in star trek And, and listen you know i'm not a prude I curse a lot, but I think there's, there is a time and a place for vulgarity. Uh, and Star Trek isn't it because, you know, Star Trek came out in the 60s. So this is well over 40 years of established, like, you know, there are television standard practices. And even when you get into the movies, the hardest that they go is like PG-13. And that's for action and adult-like concepts. But this... This is like, you know, people telling uh, people to go fuck themselves and stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, not in that Starfleet uniform. Yeah. So Breaking Bad dropped, not Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul dropped the F-bomb the other, not this past week, the week before too. And I was like, oh, and then I remembered them saying that they get like two F-bombs a season, like one or two F-bombs a season. And they pick their timing and they can do it if they want, if it's after a certain time. Is that show on a nine or a 10? Oh, Picard? Yeah. I honestly don't know. It's a we don't watch. Service, so, so oh, okay. So then it, it doesn't matter. And yeah. then it really doesn't matter because they're not limited to the, uh, you know, the standards and practices of, of typical TV. Hey, well, here's you know, here's they, what I'll tell you. Picard got upset. He swore. Does he swear in like? Does Professor X swear? I don't remember. I don't remember. No, Professor X swear doesn't swear either. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, folks. Uh, because of the pandemic. They've made all the available, all the episodes available for free. So if you want to watch it, you don't even have to have the CBS app to watch it. You can just watch the show. So I highly, highly recommend Picard, especially because you can't go out anywhere and do anything anyway. This is a great way to lose yourself for about 10 hours uh, watching a, a, a master at work, Patrick Stewart. So I, I binge a show this week, too, that's not exactly, I mean, definitely not weirdo culture that uh, we're used to. I watched um, Unorthodox. I also wanted to watch it. Dropped on Netflix. And I've always had a fascination of the Hasidic population, uh, particularly the ones in Williamsburg, where it's like, you know, we think of Williamsburg as like this hipster culture and this like, you know, world where it's just like concerts and, and a snap. And then you forget there's like this hidden, like super Jewish community out there that just very insular, very like, 
it, 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 it's crazy. It's almost like a world within a world, but there's no like borders or anything, at least ones we can see. And this is the story of someone right. breaking out of that world. And it's a four, uh, was it? it was a four part miniseries about a, a woman who escapes. Uh, she never, you know, she wanted to be a musician. She escapes that world. It's based on a book. But it's one of those like, it bothered me afterwards. I think I, this is more why I'm bringing it up. It bothered me because it turns out I found out that like, her escape from that world was based on a real story. But this crazy story of her running off to Berlin to be with her mother who also escaped and then she becomes a musician was all BS. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's where like docudrama goes too far the other way. And I just kind of felt yeah. like I wanted to know the real story of what happens to someone who escapes from that type of situation where, you know, people could almost consider it cultish, which I mean, some religions could seem that way. Um, right. but, but it was really, really insightful. Also, I read some people felt that I didn't go far enough in saying how, how cultish it could be in those uh, type of environments, but very good movie. But again, I, it just bothers me a little bit. I get historical fiction and I get kind of the stuff that Tarantino does because he does it almost like you know movies like Inglorious Bastards and, and and Hollywood are are once upon a time in Hollywood are kind of like you know he's flipping the script. In this case right. it's just like, well, if you're gonna go all, you know, historical, at least go all the way and not just like Oh, she escaped from this. You can't really do half measures. Yeah, and she's being hunted down by like Hasidic hunters. Like, like it's so weird. I loved it, and it was nice. But then, like that, just peeled the veil off, and it kind of made me not like it as much. It was very strange, and I'm sure a lot of the based on a true story stuff we watch is like that. Uh, Yeah. Or in situations like Case in Point, one of my favorite shows, which. God, I don't know when it's coming back. It has not been canceled. It's still on permanent hiatus. Is Fargo, which opens up with based on a true story, and it's not. That's just a lie. You know everything that they do is like, oh, well, a person once went to a police station. Well, it's based on a true story. That person went to the police station. I mean, I, I've always wanted to know how, and maybe I, now that I have the time, I should research this. Like, how much of the story actually has to be true? For them to be able to say based on the true story. I think Fargo pretty much showed that there's no reason you have to tell the truth. Like it could just be a lie. And then it's just weird, but it could go that way. It's so strange. Um, So this is two and a half plus weeks now we've been cooped up in home. I mean, I know you have a different situation than I do. My situation has just been like. As an extrovert, as a not a homebody, like I am the polar opposite. Of what a homebody or a or a person who does not mind chilling at home, I, I'm in hell, Hambone. Like I am yeah. in hell. Like <clears throat> you can't imagine being in hell. I have my lovely wife here. I have been working overtime to keep her happy and smiling because I'm like, I gotta be in check because this is like again, pure hell for me. I have never oh yeah imagine what it would be like to spend two, you know, it's like a staycation, but you have to work. It's like a work from staycation. And it's not, I will find myself, my day starts at 8 a.m. Usually there's an 8 a.m. music, um, 8 a.m. meeting, maybe 8.30, depends on the time of day. And I go until five o'clock and it's almost like I'm blinking, but I will sit in a chair for fucking nine hours and not realize I'm sitting in a chair. I will maybe order a pliable from pliables. I will maybe order White Castles. I haven't done that in years. I now eat White Castles. I handbone. This is good. I can't. I can't do this anymore. Well, buddy, you know what? You got to stay positive. And this is coming from me, who's in a real bitchy mood last week. Animal Farm, <laughs> Animal Crossing is the only thing that's really helped. So I've introduced An- Alice in Animal Crossing. She's like, should I be playing this game? I'm like, you know what? It's the only thing keeping me sane right now. I'm like, yeah, I think uh- you should. I'm shocked that Allison had not been playing Animal Crossing. No, I think that's like her groove. Well, the Switch is in my in my office, so I just basically yeah, yeah. I, I bought another dock and put it downstairs so she can come upstairs and like grab it from me. She can play downstairs, I'll play upstairs. And um, I'm doing a post-review on that now. The post-review is that um, the multiplayer aspect and, and the online aspect of that game kind of sucks a little bit in that whoever is the first person to start playing the game, he gets to play out the storyline. Anyone else who plays just gets to live on the island. 
So Allison doesn't get to do any missions. She just exists. Oh, and no. she's still loving it. And she's still yeah. doing, because you still can grind. And basically this game, you'd love it. I mean, it's a, it, all it is, it's grinding, but it's grinding in a world where people can talk to other people in person. Oh, Hambone, I'm not going oh, to make it. Nice. I don't think I can make it. <laughs> this is insane. I need, I, mean, to, I, I, need, I need to go out. It needs to be warm. At least can they make it a little bit warmer so I can take Gabe out on the weekends so I'm not like yeah, stuck just so you can walk around the house or something, like outside of the house? Like, Yeah, man. I Listen, I get it. And I, I think that, you know, for me last week, I think I was definitely in, the, in the, the definite stage of grief where I was like angry and just – and you kind of learn to, to accept it and certain to deal with it. And it's okay to feel how you feel. And it's okay to also like be bummed about the things that you're not getting to do and the things that you wish you were doing. And that said, there's going to come a point where, you know, it's going to turn around a little bit for you and you're going to get a little more used to it. And then there's going to be a point when we're closer to reclamation day where you're going to start itching again. The cabin fever is really going to set in and then the doors are going to open up and the sun's going to come out. We're all going to be able to go outside and do some rocking and rolling together. There's going to be hugs. There's going to be hot dogs and veggie dogs for those who don't get down with the actual hot dog products. And you know what, man? Like, I know you struggle with it because I know you don't like to play like video games on days when it's nice out because you want to be outside kicking ass, riding your motorcycle, doing anything, anything other than sitting in the house. Um, and honestly, it's hard for me too, even as a person who's very used to sitting at home and just kind of chilling and, you know, living a much lower key life than, you know, Instagram would have had you believe for the last several years. But, you know, you just kind of find new things to get excited about and new things to be passionate about and new things to kind of focus your energy on and that kind of energy that you don't know how you're going to stay in the house anymore and you find new and interesting ways to do it. And then when Reclamation Day comes, fuck it. All that bullshit is dead to you. You go out and you have all the fun you want to have. You hit brunch. Well, we're, we're totally going to brunch, I by mean, the way. I am the brunching that I need to do. I mean, ah, oh, all right. Let's stop talking brunch. I'm getting sad. Anyway. Don't, don't get sad. Anyway, uh, so I, um, yeah, Reclamation Day. We listened to some music this week. Uh, the new pro- so First of all, I mean, let's just like. Let's just call this what it is. You, I, I said, hey, let's review the new Pearl Jam album. And you're like, let's review the new Nine Inch Nails album too. That was before you knew there were two double instrumental albums, right? Oh, yeah, I walked right into that one. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, you know what the funny thing is? I was like, oh my god, Nine Inch Nails, two new albums today. This is amazing. Pearl Jam's new album. This, you were like, let's do that. I was like, this is awesome. I would love to listen to some new music. And I was just like, this is great. And I finally, so I, after the conversation, I put on the Nine Inch Nails record and I'm like, oh, this is like atmospheric, sad music. Yep. This isn't. Yeah. I was like, but you know what? There's two albums. This is great. There's two albums. I bet the other one is like the bangers. I'm going to put that one on. And it was even darker and sadder than the first one. I'm just like, I fucked up. I made a, I made a real bad call on this one. I was like, doesn't he make any music with like words anymore? Like, doesn't he like, you know do angry music anymore? Is it all soundtrack stuff? I was like, what the hell happened to Trent Reznor? Westworld. I'm um, not Westworld. Uh, uh, Watch Ben. Cause this is basically what it was. Uh, he's look, he's done great with soundtracks. I guess he's just like, let me put out albums like this too. And it is what it is. I mean, this nine inch nails album, quote unquote, I mean, is basically just him making sad music, probably with Atticus and it is what it is. They just dropped it and it's, a double instrumental albums of not even sad music, of atmospheric music. I think you said that too. And yeah, it's atmospheric, but you know, right now I, I need to hear bangers. Yeah. I need to hear my hair metal playlist. Yeah. In fact, go ahead. Your hair metal playlist. Everybody, I have made a heavy metal parking lot style playlist called Hand Me Metal Parking Lot. It is 90% bangers with 10% ballads to help smooth it out. When we wrap up this episode, I'm going to share it on Twitter for everyone. It's on Apple Music. If you don't have Apple Music, just check out the tracks. Make your own playlist on Spotify. In times like these, we don't need to hear sad bastard music like, you know, the Nine Inch Nails albums. And, and there are two albums. So number five is called uh, Locust. Number five is called uh, Ghosts, and the other is called Locusts. Uh, number five is called Together. The other one's called Locusts. You don't need to listen to some sad bastard music. You need to hear music about banging, and you need to hear music about driving Camaros. You need to hear music about having a mullet and wearing tight pants and drinking beers and breaking the law. And tonight, after the show, Hammy Metal Parking Lot playlist will be on Twitter. I'm sharing it everywhere. 
Yeah, the Pearl Jam album sounds like every other Pearl Jam album they've released in the last 15 years. It's very consistent for Pearl Jam. I mean, it's very consistent. They, they, didn't, they didn't skip a beat on that one. Um, nope. You know, I listened to it. I'm like, yep, it's Pearl Jam. So Pearl Jam is, I, I, I'll talk a little bit about this. I mean, Pearl Jam yeah. was the band that I heard that got me into my own stuff. It got me out of hair metal. Um, the first album I ever bought on my own was White Snake's White Snake, but Pearl Jam's 10 was the first album I got that I was like, wow, I want to love music, not just listen to what's on top 40, uh, even though that was obviously a very big album at the time. Uh, it made me love rock and roll. It was my gateway to punk rock. I mean, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Pearl Jam's 10, I wouldn't have uh, listened to Recipe for Hate. Which is wow. uh, Pearl Jam is you know Eddie Vedder is on Recipe for Hate. You can hear him doubling Greg Graffin. You can actually hear him singing on a on a few different songs on there, and that's what got me into punk rock. So I have a, a huge place in my heart for Pearl Jam, especially their first two albums. And you know I'm always willing to give them a try. They're also a great live band. Anyone hasn't seen them live? If we ever get to see live music ever again after Reclamation yeah, Day, Jesus Christ. We, yeah. uh, I do recommend seeing Pearl Jam because they play a different set every night. They mix it up. They do deep cuts. They are kind of like the Bruce Springsteen of grunge. And they are also the last of that era still alive. Both them and Trent Reznor are the last of that. They're, it's just everyone else is dead, sadly, except for maybe Rage Against the Machine, who are also reuniting now. Maybe. I don't know. Has that been canceled too? Who knows? Oh, no. I mean, everything's canceled. I mean, like, who who knows? You know, you know, earlier this end of last year, everyone had so much hope. It's like my Chemical Romance back together, Raid Against Machines back together. You know, you had all these great festivals and things planned, and now who knows when things are going to happen because you know we still can't go outside. But on that note, oh wait, I got I, I, I got a quick one. I got a quick joke that I got to say now before I forget. Uh, my friend yeah. Albert Aiden just uh, sent me a joke. He goes, "You know how you solve you solve the coronavirus? You go into uh, settings." into network and connectivity and uh into fuck you pandemic. <laughs> he fixes he fixes oh, my wish. phones. He fixes my phones. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't I mean to cut you it. off. Oh, I mean just, you know, I mean the thing is no, I'm you were going start somewhere. Forward to. You were going to somewhere. I cut you off. Did you forget? I'm so sorry. That's not I forgot. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna try to salvage it. I, I didn't think I could stick the landing, so forget about it. It's good. I just saw that joke, and I'm like, that is actually really funny. And um, I also would like you to know that I am uh, at least 10 pounds heavier than I was two and a half weeks ago. Uh, when I finally come out on Reclamation Day, you will roll me out. I will be closer to, like, my 300-pound life. Uh, and, you know, I will not look like I'll have long hair or I'll have started cutting my hair on my own. I'm just picturing what the world will be like when I am just rolled around, just carded. Well, I will I will tell you on the opposite. I'm like down 15 pounds. That's so weird. That's stress, you know. That's stress. Well, it, it, it is stress, but I'm eating very well. I'm eating very healthily. Uh, I will also tell you that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm too concerned. I'm like, what's going to happen? Because my thing is, all right, you know, I, I am wearing soft shorts because I am like doing stuff around the house all day. But I'm still like, you know, I'm clean. I take a shower every day. I comb my hair every day, which I think is important. And I shave every few days because if you project that outward, you are going to project like feeling good on the inside. Uh, and that said, uh, my thing is like, well, shit, you know, how, how long is my hair going to grow? My hair grows fast. Luckily, am I going to have like a sweet, like long hairdo? Um, and I don't know. And I'm like, how am I going to look? So my dad back in the day, he was talking to me about the same thing today because he was like, yeah, he's like, I don't know. I'm not I don't know when I'm ever going to get a haircut again. And I'm like, well, dad, there was that picture of you in the 70s. You look like meathead from all in the family. So, you know, why not rock that look at the end of your life? Go for it. Who gives a shit? You're retired. So me and my dad might both have long hairs and or mullets. I mean, hey, they're, I don't know if your hair get like can grow long like that i think your hair now just will grow straight up like that guy in um boys it was in billy talent or is it some 41 i don't remember which 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 guy that is but you know just grow straight up like so kid in play it will grow it will yeah it'll it'll start that way but eventually it's going to start tipping over because of the weight of the hair because i have very thick hair so by the time i get out on reclamation day I might look like King Buzz from the Melvins. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. 
So, something very near and dear to our hearts, WrestleMania. You know what day it is today? Today is a great day. It's WrestleMania. One of the best lines ever from one of those uh, documentaries on WrestleMania four years ago or so. Uh, it's WrestleMania. It is our Super Bowl. It is one of the greatest days of my year. It is, you know, for some people, it, it's Christmas or Hanukkah or their birthday. For us, it's WrestleMania. It's usually a celebration of the life and birth of, of, of John Hambone McGuire. All of that has failed this year. All of that is out the door. Uh, WrestleMania is going to be at the performance center, which is like their gym <laughs> and their, uh, yes. their fancy gym is where WrestleMania is going to be. They claim there's going to be an awesome set. They claim they're going to shoot in different locations. So we're not just in that closed location. And, uh, supposedly some of it will be live and supposedly the Gronk Rob Gronkowski is going to be like doing stuff live. I don't know what that means, but, um, I really hope my expectations are so low that they do something to excite me. Is that what you're feeling too at this point? I'm thinking that this is the perfect opportunity for Rob Gronkowski to fail so miserably that the WWE will fire him. They made such a big deal about him coming in. <laughs> he might not, he might not make it to SummerSlam. So the WrestleMania card uh, has been split up between two days now, which was a very smart move. I don't think we talked about that, but WrestleMania we will be on Saturday and Sunday. Now, I really certain the reason why they did that is nobody wants to watch eight hours of wrestling in a closed set gym, right? I mean, that's what it is. There's no yeah. other way around it. And um, that makes it better for us. That means there's two main events. You can split the card in half. It's going to be really good, except for the fact that then last week we found out Roman Reigns, who is in line to beat Goldberg for the universal title, is also not going to be there because he has a compromised immune system. Fair. Completely fair. But the dude had cancer. You but, know, like. No, not giving him shit, shit at all. But, wow. Do you want to hear what the card is? Have you heard the card? Oh, do you know uh, the card? You know what? I knew we were going to do a preview tonight, and I, I was waiting to hear you tell me what the card was because I, I, I know a couple things, and I will tell you the thing I'm excited about when you get done with the card. So we're going to have the Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I think Asuka has been treated amazingly recently during this whole um, – this hall, you know, we're, they're pre-taping Raw and SmackDown. They're doing close set. She's shined as this zombie princess. So I'm actually kind of excited about that match. Uh, yeah. your, your thoughts at all? Oh, I'm very excited about that match. I think that, you know, I love the Kabuki Warriors. And I think that finally, after, you know, you had Kyrie Sane, who was booked strong um, for a while, and Oscar, who was booked super strong for a while, and then suddenly they were not booked strong at all, coming back together uh, as a crazy tag team versus Nikki Cross, who is awesome, and Alexa Bliss, who is awesome. And I, I think that, you know, and I'm going to say this uh, ahead of whatever else you tell me, I think everyone is really going to go for it on this night because they have to, because they know that even though there's not going to be a crowd there, this is WrestleMania. So you have to bring it, and I think this is going to be uh, a match to watch. Do you know what is not bringing it? What? Dolph Ziggler versus Otis, for the love of Mandy Rose. I, I That entire statement I just made, I immediately walk it back. Never mind. Yep. Aleister Black would be great on WrestleMania, except he's fighting Bobby Lashley. We also have Elias versus King Corbin. King Corbin. King Corbin. Yeah, every time you say it, it doesn't sink in anymore. It's terrible. Now, this match could be very good, though I don't think anyone knows who Austin Theory is. Uh, it's Austin Theory and Angel Garza versus the Street Profits for the championship belts. Mm, sure, that'll probably be a really good match. Kind of strange. There it is. Mm. Uh, also, we have a SmackDown tag team match. The tag team ladder match. I think this will be very good. The Miz and Morrison versus New Day versus the Usos. I, that's a good one, right? There we go. Okay, I, I, I am down with that. Ladder match, I'm down with it. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Championship. That's going to be an awesome match. That, I think. Or it's a squash. It right? Or it's a squash. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Um, it has a potential. And it has a long-standing storyline that has been kind of building quietly over the years. Like, this is like a culmination for Sami Zayn. Like, this could be his, especially if Daniel Bryan is um, 
kind of be the truth. There's truth to him, like finally calling it a day and finally retiring. Um, I think that if that's true, this is the opportunity for Daniel Bryan to really put Sami Zayn over and really kind of like solidify because Sami Zayn finally has the Intercontinental Champion and finally like he's never really been able to beat Daniel Bryan. So this this could be like the match of the WrestleMania weekend. Yep, except we also have uh, Sami Zayn versus uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, which again, those two could definitely do something, even though these storylines do nothing for me. That's another Nothing, one. Nothing, but very it's going to be good. good. It's it's just going to be a good wrestling match. You know, this is a match that could also be very good. Bailey versus Sasha Banks versus Naomi versus Lacey Evans versus Tamina. Tamina's in the match. I don't know what that means. It's a fatal five way elimination. So that should be that will at least be fun. Tamina will be there the least. Do you think she wins the belt? Do you think Tamina finally wins the belt? <laughs> I, I think Tamina's cleared to wrestle, and I think that's why Tamina's there. Yeah. <laughs> Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Again, that'll be a Amazing. clinic. Amazing. Very yeah. excited for that. Becky Lynch for Shayna Baszler. I mean, again, that's had the best setup. I'm curious to see how that goes. Could be good. Yeah, exactly. Edge versus Randy Orton. I am one of the la- in a last man ex- last man standing match. I think I'm one of the few people out here who could give a shit about this match. Randy Orton yeah. has never excited me. Even when they say he brings it, that just means he cuts a good promo. Uh, nothing about Randy Orton excites me. I'm curious to see how Edge does, but Edge has also been out of action for a while, other than the Royal Rumble, and that's not really a true test of someone's return. I, I'm curious to see this as a as an entertainment match, as a sports entertainment match. I don't know otherwise. Uh, <sighs> well, here's the thing, man. If I could sum Randy Orton up, it would be lazy. <clears throat> lazy, I think, is the way I would describe Randy Orton because it's basically like, yes, he's a, an exceptional wrestler. He is so technically good. He is so... You know, he's he's been at it for a long time that when he finally like decides to like show up and do something, it's actually a, like or he, he will put on a clinic of a match. However, for the most part, you're going to get punch, punch, power slam, <laughs> draping DDT, RKO, the end. Like I, I have just told you every Randy Orton match in the last like four years. Mm-hmm. So we only have a handful of matches left. We have, and these are, you know, I'm, I'm interested in these. We have John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. I think this will be excellent. I think this will be very Matt Hardy deletion type match if they do it right. Um, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Uh, I think John Cena will, like, I think he will give Bray Wyatt the match he deserves. I, I, this is the one thing I disagree with you on. Oh. I think I think that because of everything being what it is, they need John Cena to win. Like John Cena is like WrestleMania. Like, and if John Cena loses, everybody loses. It's like it's like John Cena's America. You know what I mean? It's like a Hulk Hogan kind of thing. And I think that you know they did everything that they could have with the Bray Wyatt character, with the new Fiend character. They they brought it out as far as they could. But the minute he dropped the title to Goldberg, it was over. For the fiends. Uh, so you think Bray Wyatt's uh, gonna lose this match? Oh, hundred percent. All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. I do think he's going to win the match, but we'll see what happens. Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match. I think if anyone's gonna give Undertaker that good final match, it is AJ Styles. Do you agree? Oh yes. Oh my God. Holy shit, snacks, folks! If you're not a wrestling fan, please do yourself a favor. The Undertaker did a promo this week on Raw, and I, I had just happened to walk into the living room. While so it was good, on. so good. I got, I get, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like this is, this is the old gunfighter at the end of his career, and he's still around for whatever reason. But you know, he, they keep trotting him out, and he's, he's the legend. He's the phenom. He's the, he's not a he. He's the Undertaker, and like, there is a certain reverence that comes with being a character like that and being a legend like that. And a lot of times lately they've been trotting him out and he's just not getting his due. I mean, ultimately they keep bringing him out because they got that Saudi money coming in. The Saudis want to see the undertaker and they pay well. Uh, however, AJ Styles is a journeyman wrestler. AJ Styles is one of the best wrestlers 
in the world and he's been consistent at his game. There's no way he's going to hurt the undertaker. He's going to make the undertaker look like a million bucks. And they actually built a storyline that I, this is one of the only things I really fully care about for WrestleMania because the undertaker's promo this week is like, yeah, you know, let's not forget. I'm the fucking undertaker and, and your do, dad. And do you think he's going to be the fucking American badass when he comes out? We need him to be the American badass right now. Man. I, think like, listen, I think we do. I think and, we and do. And there, there was because that's the thing for what he's able to do right now. He is so much more suited to be a brawler and be the American badass than he would be to come out as you know Powers of Darkness Undertaker. But either way, look, I love the Undertaker. I've been critical in the past only because I know he's been injured and I don't want to see him not enjoy the rest of his life. But bro, that that gong hits. I'm in. I don't give a shit. He's a fucking undertaker. Two more matches. Two more matches. Uh, Thank God they split this up into two nights. Yep. We have Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. care. Drew McIntyre has done nothing for me since he's returned. I hope he wins. But, you know, Brock Lesnar won against Roman Reigns. So I don't know which way they go with this. I don't really care. I think that especially because what they have to pay the undertaker to show up and I'm sure during a pandemic, they have to pay him even more. I'm sure he'd be plenty happy just to sit at home with his family. So I'm sure he'd be happy to drop the title to drew McIntyre. Yep. One last match, uh, Goldberg versus a, the replacing Roman Reigns. I don't know. Has this been public yet? I think it has been because they're calling it on CBS Sports. Braun Strowman, uh, a match that's had no build, nobody cares about, didn't care about it to begin with, Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Yawn. Here's the thing. They uh, they had a, a perfectly fine I, – I mean, granted – I don't know why they wouldn't pull the trigger and try to do something weird right now because the sky is legitimately falling. They could do whatever the fuck they want. Matt Riddle has been building up a beef on Twitter and online and like backstage with Goldberg for months. It's been going on for almost a full year and every wrestling fan knows about it. So they rolled Matt Riddle out there. Even if he got squashed, you know, <laughs> spear jackhammer done, who cares? It would have been an actual storyline, and people would have wanted to see that. But Braun Strowman, don't care. I bet you they're regretting big time putting the strap on Goldberg, because if they had kept on Bray Wyatt, John Cena Cena versus Bray Wyatt for a title would have meant so much more. And it would have been John Cena's 17th world championship. He would have tied Ric Flair. You still think John Cena's winning? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. WrestleMania, guys, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I think it's 7 o'clock with a 6 o'clock pre-show. Uh, I, we're going to watch it separately. Uh, social distancing. This is horrible. I am so depressed that we are not watching WrestleMania together. I'm so glad we watched Royal Rumble together. I'm glad we got one good pay-per-view in with Me the too. whole group. And, you know, there was at least that. Uh, Hambone, we're going to make it another week. Uh, it'll be next week. will be one month, one month of this. It's kind of crazy right now, but, uh, you know, we appreciate everyone sticking with the show. We're trying to make you smile. We're trying to keep you up to date. We're trying to give you stuff to binge and watch while you guys are stuck at home, working from home, whatever you're doing. We're here to try to make you happy. Uh, you, you can reach me at, I'm going to go first. Wow. Cause I forgot to do you first. You can reach me at GLK creative on the Instagram and the Twitters. You can reach me at cult for my old photos and writings. My tie is where you find all our old archive of my tie happy hours. We're up to like episode 155 or something right now. I don't yeah, remember. You keep, you keep track of that. I don't. Uh, and, and it's just nuts and we're going to continue doing this. Uh, you can find us wherever great podcasts are sold. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Hambone, how can the kids reach you and then take us out? You can find me on Twitter at Hambreaker. I tweet about cute animals. I tweet about Dungeons and Dragons. I tweet about professional wrestling. I tweet about a lot of game stuff. Uh, odd observations these days. This is the weird world we're living in. You can also find my day-to-day adventures on podcasting and in life on Instagram at John Hambone McGuire. I am actively going to try to take some more pictures and do some more things on Instagram. I know mostly I just put up things for 
Mai Tai happy hour. But yeah, look, we're all in this together, folks. And we're all going to get through it. And we all have one day to look forward to. And that day is Reclamation Day. Put it in your calendars. You still got to say aloha. Oh, you, I'm, I'm not used to it because because uh, you went first this time. Everybody remember. <laughs> Put Reclamation Day in your calendars and be nice. Aloha.